Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, we talk about Christian schisms and doctrines of men and uh, why, why Christians can't get along, or can they? Turns out the easy stuff is so easy to get, most of us get it right the first time, and that only leaves us to fight about non-salvation issues for the rest of time. Uh, so keep the main thing the main thing. Uh, let's see. Our guest Jacob lays down some Christian rap, previewing some of his upcoming music. And can Christians be cremated? Where do we stand on this? Where's the Bible? St- uh, what's the Bible say about this, if anything? Uh, this and more. Stay tuned and check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon. If you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, you can read it totally free with your subscription. So, included. And you can check out the Ask a Christian store. The link is in the description. Get some hats, t-shirts, whatever, to not only support this podcast, but share your faith with people and why you have it. I guarantee it will get you in some conversations about Christianity. Um, also, you can just click on the donate link and support this podcast. Um, and share in our mission of, you know, taking the gospel to the people of the internet. Uh, share these links, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Yes, please, share the podcast, askachristian.podbean.com. Uh, friends, family, anyone that wants to hear people fight about God in a usually mostly civil way and respectful way, and learn what Christians actually believe and why they believe it, per the Bible. Um, I don't have a monopoly on Christianity. We just try to be as accurate and close to the scriptures as we can uh, without unnecessary external stuff. So, have an awesome Thursday. We will see you later. These other people who turn, how do we know we're not going to come back later? I mean, because yesterday I think I heard that, oh, if you, like, you know, denounce and move away from Christianity, then it means you were never saved. Well, how do you know we're not going for trouble and they'll return back to the faith within a year or whatever? So I, I guess I that's sh- where I get tripped up. I think, I mean, they would say, I mean, they would, everyone would have to say only God ultimately knows. I, I think, Edwin, <laughs> I'm going to keep speaking for you. Um, I, I think you would say that if it gets to a certain point where it's like just so blasphemous or like so far beyond, like instead of, you know, prodigal, like a prodigal moment where, you you know, you say you're an atheist because you're mad that, you know, your family member died of cancer and you hate God and are trying to tell yourself you don't believe in God. If it's like a temporary spat like that and you're just angry. And then you realize a, a certain amount of time later that you were wrong and you've always believed and always been saved. You were just, you know, wandering in the wilderness. They'd probably say that's fine. But if you like become such a blasphemous object against Christianity, then they would probably say at some point, uh, no, that that has gone too far. But ultimately, only God knows. How do I do, Ed? So I'll give you uh, I'll give you a quick example. There's this atheist on here, Rob, who, um, you know, says he used to be saved um, and he became he stopped believing because his church preached that you had to speak in tongues or you weren't saved and he never learned to speak in tongues so therefore he believed god was not real and he's an atheist now so you know at some point i could see him coming back to the faith because it's just a, basically about undoing that brainwashing so that that that's like an example for me but i think like Chris and some other people may say, oh, you know, like he was never saved, but I think that's up for debate. Oh, a CEO, I just want to say that's a good question. You ask a good question and something that I've wondered about myself. Uh, like, it, it, you know, because, yes, Peter was denying Christ. I believe he was a true believer. He fell into sin. But what's to say, let's say I meet somebody in my life who, who Christian, now he denies Christ. He says, I, I don't, I don't. Christ is no longer my Lord and Savior. Does that mean that he's not, 
is he, you know, what does that mean? Uh, and if he goes on for like a day, two days, five days, how long does it have to be where I conclude okay, he's no longer a believer? He's not, he's not, he's not a believer. He was never a believer. I, I, it's a good, it's a good question <laughs> you ask. Well, I think almost a better a better way to go is instead of worrying about whether someone else is saved, you know, let's let's all worry about our own salvation. But as far as like how to how to treat them, not not like we're pronouncing their spiritual judgment, but how do we treat them? Like we can either treat them as a, a brother or sister in Christ, or as someone who is you know a goat. <laughs> so in in that regard, uh, without being like spiritually judgmental, because God's going to know their heart. Um, as far as we operate, we have the fruits, right? So if someone says, "Hey, I'm," uh, I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And if they fail, if they have struggles, but they're like, no, no, I have struggles. I have problems with this. You know, please, brothers in Christ, help me through this issue, blah, blah, blah. I need your discipleship and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, that's like all of us. So we would think, okay, well, by their fruits, it seems like, you know, they are honest seeker of God. And, you know, they may have some issues and bumps in the roads here. So we're going to treat them as part of the fold. However, if they get in like this gross sin and, you know, they're unrepentant or something like that. And like, no, what I'm doing is great. Um, then, you know, there's a biblical prescription. It's like, well, you know, you got to separate them and treat them as part of the unsaved world. Um, so you can't call them a brother or sister in Christ. That doesn't mean, and you don't need to trouble ourselves except for some intellectual pursuit with whether or not they are truly saved or will truly be saved. Like we don't need to trouble ourselves beyond that point. We just need to look at the fruits that they're offering and be like, based on your, these fruits, your, the evidence you're giving us, then we can treat you like a brother or sister in Christ and, you know, help you and treat you that way along the way. Or based on the evidence you're giving us, we'll have to say, well, look, we'll be kind. We'll loving, be loving. We'll treat you with respect, but we're not going to call you part of the family of God because the evidence you're giving us, especially if you say you're an atheist, um, would say that you're not. So I think that would probably be the step further uh, we would need to focus on. Yeah, Nate, I think that's 100% wonderful. It's a great answer. I, I guess I'm getting into, I don't like it when people would then say to that person, well, they were never saved. How do you know? Because you don't know what's going to happen to them if we're going to come back to it. And again, sometimes it's a silly reason. Like in this case, he got taught really bad scripture. His church told him, you have to speak in tongues or you're not saved. Well, how do you think that's going to impact a teenager if they don't ever end up speaking in tongues? Yes. And, and you know, that's the position I take more because some people will say, well, you know, based on this, I can, I can say that you were never saved. Like I've always thought just, you know, in the interest of what if. Someone says they're a Christian, like, you know, our friend Michael that shows up a lot. And uh, he's like, you know, I was a Christian for however many, a long time. And then he's like, well, I haven't been a Christian for a long time. And he takes a very aggressive stance against Christianity, saying, you know, he, he totally is convinced it is all made up. Um, well, most people would say only God knows the heart. But yeah, bro, you ain't saved. <laughs> you don't want to be saved. You don't believe in any of this. You're not saved. Uh, my position is, is pretty much that. I mean, you know, the evidence kind of speaks for itself. But in the interest of never saying never, perhaps 30 more years from now, um, he, something will happen and he'll have a realization moment and be like, you know what? I've been running from God for like 50 years. Like I have always been saved all the way back to when I was a little bitty Michael and Christ saved me. And I, he's, you know, by the grace of God, he has kept me um, all these years, even though I was fighting ardently against him. Uh, so now I realize these scales have fallen off of my eyes. Um, so in the interest of never saying never, because I don't want to limit God, that could happen. The chances of that, though, I think most of the crowd is right, where they're like, yeah, either if you can lose your salvation, you've lost it way in the rear of your mirror, or if you cannot lose your salvation, then you were never saved. Um, I, I think those are probably uh, 
the right answers, but still, in the interest of never saying never. Welcome, Serendipity. Good morning. I just came to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so so did Lou. Here comes Lou to just listen. He's like, invite me, invite me. I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> oh, you people. <laughs> We're good, supportive friends. <laughs> we came <laughs> Hello, up on stage to listen instead of lurk. <laughs> Adam, did you also come to just listen? Hey, Yellow. back in the day, I had your back, though, right? Yes, yes, you did. It was great, and I miss, I miss that. I miss those days. All right. You brought awesome insight. Uh, oh, and now Adam, it shows he has a phone call. <laughs> Chris, I thought I heard you chuckle. Are you at the chuckle hut, or are you speaking? Or do you want to answer uh, still, uh, CEO's original question? Ooh, I don't know the question, but I'm I'm eating a bagel right now, so I'll be with you in like five minutes, okay? All right. But he tell me the question so I could look smart by looking it up. <laughs> sure, sure. The question was, uh, CEO, you want to ask it again for Chris? Uh, um, it, yeah, but it, it's really a setup to a bigger question, so I'm gonna do both parts. So. Um, I, I asked if, um, since Peter denied Jesus, you know, uh, does that mean he was never saved? And I, I think the answer they gave was reasonable. Um, but it begged the question for me, like, how do we know other people who, you know, are saved, but they lose their way, aren't going to come back to it? Uh, because sometimes I've, I've heard you and I've heard others say that, Oh, well, such and such claims they were saved, but they're not saved right now, then they were never saved. And I'm just curious, like, how could someone make that claim, especially in the case where someone may have lost their salvation because of bad teaching? I, I gave the example of the atheist Rob on here, who was Christian and isn't Christian anymore because his church taught him that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not Christian. And he never spoke in tongues, so therefore he le was led to believe God isn't real. So that that's my big window. Yeah, false churches. Okay, um, give me about five minutes. I'll answer both of those questions. I do. I do want to say though, to Chris's credit, he has probably single-handedly rebranded Calvinism on this app because the way John Lee and Johnny Haas were teaching it had a lot of people very thinking it was basically like the dark side of the force. So Chris has done a good job rebranding Calvinism on Clubhouse. Now all he has to do is become he's a really Calvin. Arminian. <laughs> and he can't talk right now. Welcome to the fold, brother. I hate yeah, all we're you. glad you saw the light. You hate us with the love of Christ. <laughs> Y'all funny this morning. Good morning, everyone. Hey, good morning, Sean. How are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. Just got through with our, our prayer net. Uh, doing, finishing up the book of Ephesians. Went through the last three chapters. Um, so it was it was a blessing. Last night was a blessing. Teaching the history of Christianity. Um, finishing up the teaching on the holiness movement and and also the tenets of the Christian faith for the discipleship formation and spiritual ranking uh, class class last night. So it, it was very it's very interesting that I hear because I consider myself 
or if you're going to put between the two uh, classes between Calvinism and Arminianism, or, or some would say Wesleyan. Uh, you got to remember, I, I come from Baptist, but I also um, preached my first message in the Church of God in Christ, which is very Wesleyan, by the way. A lot of people don't even really, really know that. Um, it's amazing to me. Because I found out the most Baptist churches are Calvinists. And I'm also to the point of saying that I'm, I, I, I look to 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and chapters 3 when I ask this question, when it says, when one says, I am of Paul and I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ, is Christ divided? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Are you not carnal and behaving as mere men? And then chapter 3, he, he expounds even further. He says, I, I, I you're you, still carnal. For when one says, I am of, of, of Paulus, or I'm Paul, are you not carnal? I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Uh, this foolishness of arguing over what particular theological framework that you are us uh, that we are of is is a trip to me, because I see that we are Christians. Christ must be the center. Christ must be the head. Christ must be the end, and. I'm hearing, I, I hear it on the other side too, so I, I criticize both sides. Yeah. Only by looking at it, because this really, it really says, the Bible says there should be no schism in the body. But I'm seeing schism in the body. And it's well, as far as this schism, I think it's gotten a lot more tame, at least around here, because, you know, Chris is only half a Calvinist, and apparently we're all bad Arminians. So, uh, you know, the amount of, of infighting is not nearly what it used to be my experience. Um, remember that, Chris? Good Lord. The, uh, oh, what was it? The Slack, the Slack channel? Sean, were you around for that? Like, no, man, I, would, was, I wasn't that, around then. I, I, well, I got that, on Clubhouse, what, last year? Oh, yeah, that would have been the time to make that case. It, it got pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so I know there's lots of other rooms like that. And, you know, Catholics burns lots of both of us for that back in years past. Um but uh, it seems like around here now, um, I don't know. It, it's a lot more tame. Yeah. I, so maybe things I, are getting know, better. I don't look at it so much as schism as much as I do. It's iron sharpening iron. You know, when I came into the whole Calvinism, Arminianism debate, I felt like I was firmly planted on the Arminian side. And now I would say that after much discussion, much study, much prayer, you know, I feel like I fall right in between the two. I think they both have aspects that are very accurate and correct. And I think that they both have aspects where they 
potentially miss the mark a little bit. <clears throat> so I don't really look at it as, as being antagonistic towards my brothers and sisters in Christ as much as I do, you know, just uh, a thirst for knowledge. And being in my Bible makes me feel closer to God, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I mean, it seems like there's lots of, um, I mean, it seems like a lot of people will say they're, you know, Calvinist or Arminian just, just because it's easier. But if you press them, like myself, I'd be like, well, no, I mean, there's some, there's some stuff I don't, I don't super, super love or super agree with. Um, and like, you know, if they start talking about like, you know, Wesley or, um, you know, like these other people, I mean, you can find some stuff that, you know, I, I tend to like them, but I don't like everything. Like I'm not of, you know, Paul or Wesley or, Jacob Arminius, because Chris won't say Jacob. Um, anyways, and Chris would say, well, he's not of Calvin. He just, you know, says he's a Calvinist because that, that gets, a, that sh it's like the Trinity, right? Like that tells your position in like two seconds instead of, you know, having to lay out all the arguments. But I mean, if people are really pressed, you know, they're like, well, I'm not any of that. I see good in both sides or, you know, I just follow Christ. I'm like, well, I think if we were pressed, most of us would say that. Like we'll give up our Calvin-y Arminian labels in this, Arminian labels in a second, but well, no, no, no. There's, there's some points here I like. There's some points there I don't really agree with. But no, no. Anyway, that's my experience. It's like Mark. Like, you know, Mark, Pastor Mark says, he's like, well, you know, I'm not either of these. I'm just a Christ follower. I'm like, well, yeah, that's my position too. And, and that is where I, and that's where I, I, that's where I can give you, give you a high five right there. <laughs> um, but with all that being yeah, said, definitely essentials that we need to uphold all of us as believers in Christ. Go ahead. Um, whoever, whoever. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, like, um, and, and this does not, this does not include Chris, just to be clear. I think there are Calvinists on this app who like to be Calvinists just because they want to be mean to atheists and be very dismissive of them. <laughs> and you can kind of see it. And you're not including Chris? Or like, no, no, I'm not including Chris. No, no, because he's not as bad of this. He, the way he communicates, I, I've been in a room with him with some atheists. The way he communicates is much better. Like, I've heard people on this app who are basically like, of course you don't understand. You're an atheist. You know, I mean, and that is basically, they're just completely dismissive the entire time. And they, they use they use Calvinism as a wedge to for their entire arguments. Unfortunately... I think there are Calvinists that like to be Calvinists for the sake of being mean to other brothers and sisters in Christ, too. <laughs> uh, what, Luke? Yeah, because I, I, I had a Calvinist put me out because of my position of being a um, uh, continuationist. <laughs> Actually put me out the room. <laughs> took me out. Yep. Uh, what were you saying, Luke? Oh, no, I just said Chris is getting better. He's doing better. Oh. Adam, did you have anything to say? You've been here a while. Uh, what's that? All right, I'm paying for my bagel, so I'll be with you guys. Are you tipping? Are you a good tipper? <laughs> uh, make sure, make a, a bring me a, a latte grande. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of splendor. <laughs> I love when I can't talk how much you guys troll me. <laughs> it's a good Christian thing to do. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. I had to break the Arminian name.
Chris, Chris has been doing much better. I mean, yesterday I only heard him call someone an idiot ten times, so he's been doing better. I'm just joking, Chris. True, just true. Kidding. I'm just kidding, Chris. Just joking around, buddy. I'm sorry. Sorry about that, Nate. I uh, somebody started talking to me. How are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Good, good. How about yourself? Oh, I can't complain. Got um, got a praise report. Um, before I had to leave um, Clubhouse the last time, uh, we only had one child, and now we have two. We have a baby girl now. She was born uh, the end of February. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. But Chris and I, Sean, do you, do you feel a need to baptize the child? <laughs> no, I'll christen the child. I ain't going to baptize him. If, it's God, if the godparents have been told. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say um, about what CEO, I don't know, I've been on here uh, very long. I think uh, just a, about a couple of days now back on the app and I didn't get to meet him the last time I was here, but um, I, I grew up in a church that um, was like uh, what he was talking about, about uh, the one fellow uh, where you had uh, a lot of man-made traditions and standards. And um, right now I'm kind of, I don't know if it's a bad place or if it's a good place or if it's a kind of a medium place, but uh, I'm in a place where I'm uh, questioning a lot of what I believe um, and trying to figure out what it is I do believe like uh, about a lot of things like I know I know Chris and Nate will remember I used to be hard pressed about um, a lot of different things when I first started it's got to be this way this way this way this way but um, it, it, it I have to apologize because it was um, it was my upbringing. It was what I was used to. It was what I I felt like it had to be. But um, lately, um, I, towards the end of my last time on this app, um, I was uh, starting to slip into this kind of funk, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know what's the best way to describe it. But um, I was uh, drawn to uh, Proverbs um, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And um, I said it so much towards the end of my time, uh, the last time on here, that everybody probably was like sick of me coming around because I always said it, always said it. But that's what kind of... Um, has helped me along with, you know, not, not believing that, you know, am I still saved because I don't believe how I used to be? Cause I mean, they, they, they were hard on us. Like, you know, you had to dress a certain way, you had to act a certain way, you know, um, all these different things. And, and I was in such, um, such a, um, place of condemnation that I, I felt like, you know, 
if I didn't look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way, I wasn't saved. And and that's that's what man-made um, traditions and man-made doctrines will get you. Though it's almost like you know Christ Christ comes to save you and set you free, but man's indoctrination and man's uh, ways will will put you right back in those shackles because uh, they 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 want to you know it's it's almost like and I mean I'm not like against it stuff but for me it was almost like it was a way of controlling you into their um their liking or their mindset or getting you to um form into their um puppet if you will and um it's 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 both liberating and scary to come to a point to where you actually allow christ to to start to take all of those things that you were taught and shake them up a bit because um if if you look in the bible um there's nothing in there that says that uh the things that i was taught the things that i was made to believe there there's nothing in there per se there's there's verses that that they use to reference things but the way that that they were bringing them about was so much more intense than what the verses said or what they may have actually meant and so when when i started trusting in the lord with all my heart and not leaning on my own understanding or the understanding that i was taught as a kid but i acknowledged Christ or acknowledged him in all my ways, um, he started directing my path. And, you know, right now, you know, we're kind of in a, a stage where, you know, we don't know what we believe. And, you know, a lot of people say that can be dangerous, but I, I have a feeling that it's just God trying to help shape me and mold me even better into what it is that he wants me to be. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is interesting. And I do agree. Yeah, I think a lot of times, and it, it's hard because even the people like, you know, who who kind of have these strict rules um, for some reason, um, a lot of times it, I mean, sometimes it may be straight up because they're in a cult, but I think a lot of times like, you know, they are, are well-meaning and they believe this stuff themselves. So it's it's hard on one hand to to get too mad at them because it's like, well, they, they actually believe this themselves. So like, you know, they, they're practicing what they, what they preach, even if it may be unnecessary about like the, you know, this like unbiblical, um, unbiblical goals or unbiblical like rituals or things you have to do or things you can't do or what you're talking about, like these seeming doctrines of man. So on one, if it's like, well, if they know what they're doing is wrong and they're teaching others to do it, then, you know, they're probably evil. Um, but if they are teaching others to do this and they really believe it and they're doing it themselves, well, then they're well-intentioned, just misguided. Yeah, I mean... I, but that's neither here nor there. I guess my question is, take a hundred truly saved people, put them into a church that teaches really bad doctrine, do we think all a hundred are just going to survive that easily? I mean, truly saved? Yes. A hundred people claiming to be saved? Maybe not. That, that, there's the difference, right? If you're truly saved, you're going to walk away from bad doctrine. 
you know, it's not, you may stay in it for a while. This is why I have an argument. Like, you know, people are like, oh, my uncle has been saved in the Catholic church for 40 years. And I'm like, no, I mean, like, okay, but that, that, your chances of actually that actually being true are going down year by year as you continue to stay in a false church, right? So, you know, that would be yeah. that would be my argument. I would I would just argue that some percentage of those people are going to fall away from the faith, and many of them may end up returning it, returning to it, right? But if we judge them in the season that they fall away and say they were never saved, I mean that. I just don't know how helpful that is. So, so that's probably the root of your question earlier, right? So, like, yeah, was Peter saved when he denied Christ three times? Absolutely. Was David saved when he murdered Uriah and took Bathsheba? Yeah. I mean, these things are clear in the scripture. Like, it is clear that Peter is truly saved, um, as well as the rest of the disciples. You know, they are, they are within the confines of Old Testament Jews. They are people who have believed God and it was credited to them as righteousness, right? And so we're not going to question Peter's salvation in his sin. What we're going to say is Peter needs to be brought back from his sin. If, if somebody walks an aisle when they're 10 years old and then they, you know, live as any other pagan for 70 years... And then on their deathbed, they're like, yeah, I'm good. I walked that aisle. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be comfortable saying that that person was truly saved, right? Because you will persevere to the end. You won't be a scoffer. And so there may be a season where you walk 10 years out, like, not outside the faith, but, like, not following Jesus in a, in a, in a radical way. And then you come back, and it's not. And what we would not say is, "Oh, that person was never saved; they need to get saved again." What we would say is, "Does their life have a have a habit of repentance?" And that's how we know. That's how we have assurance. If we're in that season, we should be we should be questioning ourselves. You know, if if we've been walking apart from Christ for, you know, years and years, then we should, we should question our salvation. We shouldn't try to rest on something that happened in the past. I think that's a huge oh, mistake. No, no, I it's agree. Kind of I, I, I yeah. agree with you on that. So we're, we're not debating that. I'm more so around the person who is in the faith. They become an atheist and, you know, they might be a week into it, a year into it, a decade into it. It still doesn't mean they don't. They're not going to come back to the faith. I know someone who has done that, and sure. so what I get hung up back. on. So, so, so this is my this is my only kind of real pushback with Calvinism at this point, at least the way that you frame it, is that judging someone when they're in their season where they're away and making it like they never were that seems very judgmental to me because you don't know what's next for that person. They very well may return, and especially. If the reason they turned away was because of terrible doctrine they were taught, then that just seems extra judgmental to me. Well, sure. But again, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of you're, 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 you've been taken out a heart of stone and given a heart of flesh. And so 
if that heart radical heart transplant has taken place, it's not as if you can re-harden the heart that God gave you. So what we would say is the reason that we say, hey, look, you've been living like, you know, a pagan. You need to question your salvation. I'm going to treat you, you know, if you're outside of the church and you're professing atheist, I'm going to treat you as an unbeliever. I'm not going to be rude, but I, it doesn't well, matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay like, with you treating them like that, but I'm just asking why do you say then you were never saved. That seemed, to me seems like that's well, the judgmental it, part. Right. So First John two nineteen says, if they went out from us, they were never of us. If they were of us, they would have continued with us. And that whole passage of, of First John 2 is talking about not loving the world and that people loved the world more than they loved God. You know, and then we look at the parable of the sower and the seeds that fall on the on the rocky soil and they spring up. And then they have no root and they die. You know, so we would say those people were never saved. Now, given perseverance of the saints, we, you know, if we see someone return back to the faith, we would change our judgment and say, okay, well, maybe they were saved. Maybe they came to a saving faith, you know, after their season in the desert, whatever it is. I don't care. As long as that person is now professing Christ and is is you know living a life worthy of Christ, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quibble about when that person's regeneration occurred. You know, like I'm gonna be like, cool. Like Brian Dempsey is a perfect story for this, and I'm not gonna tell his story because it's his story. But like, go talk to him. He will he will give you a personal experience with this and his testimony, and it is shocking and sad, and beautiful, and and just everything. And you want to talk about somebody who is, ex, who just exudes the love of Christ, and, you know, has forgotten more about theology than I will ever know, that's Brian. And he has an amazing testimony, and I would say that would, that would give you a lot of instruction in, in how we deal with it. Welcome, Brother Miller. Did you want to say anything? Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I would just say that uh, St. Peter is the poster boy for unconditional election. And he did uh, what it takes to violate Hebrews 6.4. What's up, Jacob? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing, brother? Good, good. Um, I, I had one, yeah, I had one quick thing to add to that. Um, matter of fact, it says to John, first John two eighteen, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the antichrist is coming. And even now many antichrists have come. We know from this, that this is the last hour. They being the antichrists went out from us, but they did not belong to us. They would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belong to us. So what is an antichrist, right? Would be the question because the antichrists are the subject matter of who went out from us in now, 1 John 2. More context. You got to go back further. I know, brother. I just, so I, know, I just, I know the argument that you're positing and no one exegetically takes that argument that you're only okay. talking when about. When you say no one, you mean no Calvinist preachers. And I appreciate that, no, Chris, what but I what I'm telling you is that. Theologians, find me one that's a Christian. Theologian. Aye, aye, aye. 
I know. Uh, back, up, just... back up a second. I was in a Fortnite battle. What was the actual uh, question? So, so look, so what I'm saying John is... 219 talks about how people went out from us because they were never of us. The Arminian argument to say that you can lose your salvation is that 1 John 2.18 contextualizes it to say that people that are antichrists are false teachers. But if you go back further in the entire pericope, that is not the intention of 1 John 2.19, uh, that, that is only antichrists that have gone out from us because they were never of us. It is people that love the world. And yeah, so I, I agree. The entire pericope of the, of the scripture, it's not just that they are anti-Christ. It is people that loved the world more than they loved Christ. It is people that have had seeds sown on rocky ground. But, but Chris, can I ask you, do you know what the scripture defines an anti-Christ as? The it only book on of the Bible the that it's used? Right, the it only book on the of the context. Bible where the word's used, brother. There's only one book where it's used. Really? What? Yeah, it's First John. It's the only book of the it's Bible where the term... Antichrist is used. Yes, it is. <coughs> First and Second John. Are you yeah. familiar with Thessalonians? I don't think it says the term Antichrist, brother. Pretty sure it says a different term. I just did a word study on this. Yeah, I mean, but again, word studies are not super useful unless you actually know Greek. Because, as Antonus will tell you, what word studies are doing is they're showing you the nominative case. Nominative nominative case okay and so <clears throat> what we say when we're doing proper bible study is we don't grab our concordance and do a word study that's a bad way of doing study what we say is we read passages in context according to what the author meant according to the history that was in in, in uh that they're that they're dealing with in, in terms of their culture in terms of who the audience is in terms of who the author is these are the things that are important when we're studying passages and to rip words out of context and do a word study is, is a way of doing Bible study that was popular in the 18th century and led to pretty much every cult you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the Protestant cult. It's a break off of Catholicism, I understand. But what I'm saying is, real quick, real quick, if I could just finish the sentence, that'd be cool. What, I, what I'm saying is, the term Antichrist is explicitly defined by the Apostle John as someone who denies that Jesus came in the flesh, okay? Which would make sense because historically he was dealing with a bunch of Gnostics, right? The first form of Gnosticism or one of the majority forms of Gnosticism at the time would have been Docetism, right? I'm sure you know this, which would have denied that Jesus came in the flesh. It said everything was really spiritual and not a lot was real, uh, reality. Right. That's what he was dealing with a lot of. I'm not saying that's the only thing it applies to, but he explicitly defines what he means by Antichrist. And it is someone who denies that Jesus came in the flesh. I I'm not saying that, you know, th there's not some truth to your overall argument about this person that goes away. They might not actually lose their be, be lost you know, from their salvation. I'm not I'm not saying I don't agree with some parts of that. I'm just simply pointing out that the subject matter here of First John 2 is an antichrist who has gone out from among us. Would, and what Aren't I would you Protestant? say is, no, he's Hebrew Israelite, dude. Um, oh, so I thought he was. Would say, oh, no, he's Hebrew Israelite. Um, so it's, what I would wait, say I'm, is, I'm what? I didn't hear what you said. You're Hebrew Israelite, uh, right? A, a Hebrew scholar? 
Hebrew Israelite. Oh, a Hebrew Israelite. No, no, brother. Hebrew Israelite rooms. Yeah, I've been in there, but I'm not a Hebrew Israelite, brother. I'm I'm white. Matter of fact, I wouldn't be allowed to be a Hebrew Israelite. Oh no, no. Actually, funny enough, the one of the one of the leaders of the Black Hebrew Israelites is very white. Is a white guy. He must be. He must be like half at least, right? He must be mixed or something. I mean, I'm sure he's got an Elizabeth Warren way of justifying it. But um, well, you said something about like you said something about like if you're talking about, I thought like you consider yourself some sort of Protestant. Is black. Yeah, who knows? What'd you say, Apostle? I said, if you're talking about Gorilla Hebrew, his mother is white, his dad is black. Okay, yeah, see, that's what makes sense to me when I know about the what from what I know about. Yeah, yeah. I unironically though, this is not a joke, guys. I unironically got told by a very serious Black Hebrew Israelite that I might be an Israelite because of my rap skills. I'm not joking at all. You can check my music uh, links in my in my bio. I'm not joking at all. I'm not joking at all. It was the funniest thing I've ever experienced in my okay, life. Okay, so- uh, if you need a DJ to go on too, I'll get. I'll I'll pull out. I don't know the out. right way. I'll go, I'll go get. I'll go get my turntable. Hey, hey, and, man, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. I used to. Do, I used to do. Se- I did secular music for like ten years, but then once I got delivered from my drug addiction, you know, I do Christian hip hop now. So you know what I'm saying. But yeah, no, it was, it was, it was unironic, and it was the funniest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I don't know the right way to ask this, but could you demonstrate some? I don't know, fly beats or sick rhymes. Well, well, I'm not a uh, producer, so I won't be doing the Whatever fly the kids beats are for you. Yeah, yeah, but I, I do have some rhymes, I suppose. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me think. Let me think of uh, something I want to give y'all for sure. Go ahead. And Steph's going to be your. Steph's going to be the. Uh, what what do you call it? Is it like someone that sings the hook or whatever? Steph's going to do that. That's why she's coming up here right now. Oh, okay. okay. No. You got G and Steph. I was Steph actually do the coming up to I'm a point do the scratching. Out. Yeah, Apostle Sean's beatboxing skills are unparalleled. That was really impressive. Can you do it again real quick before Real goes? <laughs> I actually was biting off of an old beatbox by UTFO. The song was called Bite It. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I, I give you a little quick. This is a verse I wrote for a song I'm working on right now. So me and my friend are, you know, working on getting this down <clears throat> on a record. But it goes, I know when I'm right. I know what is right. I might be wrong, but that's a big might. Okay, not likely. So frightening. How do y'all just take it lightly? God's patient. Don't be inviting. His wrath could strike you like lightning. Oh, man. Y'all don't want it with him. Like, let's be honest, terrible to challenge him. And really, what would that accomplish? Got the shine that's from above like I was rocking, holy polish. Swing low, sweet old cherry. Yeah, go ahead and take me where the top is. That's where I'm going when it's over. Yahweh, the reason I'm sober. Don't need no luck, keep the clover. Paint a picture like some toner. Give me the meat in my molars. Get fuel from the sun like it's solar. You thinking you cool? I guess I'm a bit colder. Day and night I do this, cutty your loner. Really feeling it, I'm truly killing it. And I can do this in my sleep, you silly kids. I'm making an exhibit. I'll show you the differences. Mine is just higher wherever your ceiling is. Send you to God if you ask what a billing is. That's where the payment go. Don't you be labored, bro. Revelation feeling this is an angel flow. Realizing that's what God went maybe for. I pronounce you a black Hebrew Israelite. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Good. Thank you. That was awesome. Rakim ah, would good. be proud of you. Oh, 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 that's 
Back in would be proud bro. of That's big praise. Thanks, I heard, bro. I heard John, Cal- John Calvin was into rapping, too, I understand. Uh, Michael, so now you've got to one-up him by being a white guy rapper from Canada. Stop. Michael's a rapper? Well, well, well yes, while I... Yes. Well, the yeah. same as I am. Yeah. While I am particularly gangster, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, not, not in any way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, um, I... I I have the first thing I have to say this morning is I object to anyone taking the label of Antichrist because I, w- I was pretty sure that was mine. Um, but wow, you're too nice. We were just talking about how we're holding out hope for you, Michael. 30 years from now, you're going to be one of us, one of us, one of us. 30 years from now, I, I mean, I hope I'm alive 30 years from now. Um, you will be. I well, no, I, I'm pretty confident I will be. I'm in reasonably good health. Um, so yeah, no, uh, it's interesting. I'm uh, uh how can I say this nicely? I'm I'm all yours. Uh today and tomorrow I decided to just take a couple days off and spend so. it here. All right. Well, <laughs> you're going to need like some mental health days when you get back. You're like, I know I just got back, but man, I need a break. It's been a rough couple of days. You're like, where were you <laughs> fighting about well, religion? It, well, it's funny when uh, uh I guess when I last uh, well, I guess it would have been Tuesday morning the last time uh I was in when we had that uh when when you saw me at perhaps my my most contentious um and I had like two 14 and a half ish hour days back to back so um I'm fortunate enough to be in the position where I just delegated all of my work today and tomorrow to other people so all right you Gia, have to, you have to teach me how to do that. How are you doing, Gia? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Hope you guys are well as well. Um, doing good here. I wanted to ask about that's lovely. Um, I wanted to ask, what do you guys think about um Christian keeping ashes of like loved ones or pets? Because didn't they used to do that in ancient Egypt? But then there were so many things that people do that they used to do back then so like cremated ashes yeah is that ashes um i mean for myself like i don't know like what's the spirit or motivation behind it like are people lighting candles and incense and like praying to it that's weird um for me like you know if a pet died or something like that and you know sometimes they offer uh you know like if if you want it in a little box and, you know, if it wasn't so darn expensive, I totally would have. I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll throw it up on the counter and, you know, somewhere like on a shelf. And I would feel fine about that. The only reason I didn't is because I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay $50 for it. Like, he, he's not going to know. He's gone. Um, if it was like a, a human person, like, eh, that'd be a little more weird. But if, uh, you know, they wanted to be cremated and not buried and someone's like, hey, we got these. Should we like give them to you or just throw them in the trash? I'd be like, okay, well, I mean. I guess I'll take them and, you know, throw them on a shelf or lock them in a closet, which by the way, I'm told that it's not even really human ashes. I don't know if that's some people or in every case, but I was told that like when you get ashes from cremation, they're not actually the real ashes or they're mixed with ashes that aren't. So I don't know how true that is, but I would say if it's not even real ashes, then it totally doesn't matter unless your mentality or motivation is that, you know, you're saying, saying prayers for them or something like that. Then again, weird. Do you have a box of ashes right now, Gia? No, <laughs> it's because my um, my friend, unfortunately, her cat passed away, and she was telling me and another friend that um, she wants um, to 
Uh, we got a lot of feedback coming from you. Uh, Gia, if you can hear us, there's tons of feedback. Not really. It sounds like you're taking the mic and just smashing it into a wall. Are you on Bluetooth? Like maybe the Bluetooth isn't connected? It sounds yeah. like it's in your pocket. Oh, that's. That fine. sounds like wind. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm outside. <laughs> that's that's better. better. But yeah, I was just, I was just saying, my friend, um, her cat passed away. She wanted to eat the ashes, and then on another side. Oh, too windy. Oh gosh, sorry. Your friend has ashes of a cat that passed away. If she's not praying yeah, to it or I'm, doing pet cemetery stuff, then tell her, you know, the yeah. other room says it's probably all right. I don't see an issue. I don't see an issue, but our other friend was like, no, you're a Christian. You can't do that. That's bizarre. Yeah, I think it may be a, I think it may be a bigger, I think I would have a bigger issue with a Christian telling them they can't do that. Like, I, I would say like a, a legalism issue would be more than like keeping some dead animals a ashes. Again, unless they're like, you know, harmonizing with its spirit or sending it to the cosmos or, you know, something weird. I mean, personally, I, you know, I think like the whole idea of cremation is uh, seemingly foreign from the from the text, although not not condemned or spoken against. But but it is very foreign to the text of the Bible. Right. Like we don't see that ever. Like we even see in Genesis that they were bringing Joseph's bones out of Egypt when they left. You know what I mean? because he asked him to, to go be buried with his father. So I, I don't I don't think it's going to have anything to do with your resurrection necessarily because it doesn't say anything about that either. But I do think it's foreign to the text. Like, that's for sure. You know what I mean? And I know that was a Catholic point for a while because, you know, they forbade cremation because, you know, they saw it as it was, it was messing with, like, you know, the resurrection or causing parishioners to have questions about that. And then I guess, not that this matters for any of us, but just, because I read something about it. I guess the Pope said it's okay now, as long as they don't think it has anything to do with resurrection, like as long as they think like, you know, the, the matter is going to rematerialize or something like that, and it, it doesn't cause any like theological problems, then he gave them approval to be cremated. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about an almighty cared. God that created man from the dust and spoke everything into existence. So I don't really see him having a problem bringing someone back from ashes, even if they're sprinkled in the ocean. But, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, nor do I. I mean, one of the arguments uh, <laughs> that we need. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I have had concerns about the cremation issue. I'm not, I'm kind of undecided. I, uh, I, I can't argue from the Bible that it must not be done. But I think some people might argue that, you know, the body is sacred, as you know. And Christ didn't just die for our soul. He died for our our bodies, and some might say that cremation is it's maybe disrespectful uh, to the body, to the to the temple, the Holy Spirit. That that's one of the you know it's God's decision when a person dies, but for us to further destroy it and to cre cremate it to ashes, some might say that's disrespectful. I I don't know. I'm not saying that's the case. That's one of the arguments I think some might have against uh, cremation. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean that wouldn't be my argument. Because, I mean, if okay. you want to talk about, I, I mean, just trying to think, like, you know, if you wanted to talk about what would be more disrespectful, like, you know, torching the thing into some ashes, or, I don't know, just um, letting it rot in the ground, or if it was buried at sea and you couldn't recover it, like, that, I mean, the intent wouldn't be disrespectful, but that's going to be a pretty ghastly-looking, bloated, nasty, rotting body um, getting eaten by sharks. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, you know, mm -hmm. all things considered, turning into a pretty pile of ashes may not be so rough. 
<laughs> Just my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's natural processes that will, you know, the body will deteriorate, get eaten by worms and so forth, but uh, to deliberately uh, basically kind of disintegrate it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, this is not something that I can, you know, <laughs> going to uh, uh, defend. Steph, would, you, just throw would, out. would you prefer to be worm food or um, a nice uh, bowl of ashes? I guess we'll never know. I told my wife that uh, hopefully I'll die on compost day. <laughs> I think Chris has like a family cemetery that he's gonna like want to be buried in, right, Chris? Like you have like, a, didn't you have like a family cemetery or something that you're gonna be buried in? Wait, that's me. Yeah, that's oh, Steph. of course it is. I mean, I understand it's easy to conflate Steph and I. <laughs> you're you're virtually interchangeable. Fungible. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> wow, what? What are you offended on Chris's behalf? Well, I mean well, I'd say for both of you. <laughs> but you know. More me though, right? I am not sure which one would get more. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, yeah, I think that would be worse in a way. But I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, what's next on the list? Um, oh, Michael, wait, I was got anything for us? Uh, oh. a quick question. So um, my wife told our son after our cat passed away that, you know, he would see our cat in heaven again. Um, so I'm just curious everyone's take on that. Uh, cats do not go to heaven. No. No cats. Dogs <laughs> there, maybe. There are animals. Oh, yeah. No cats. I, I have no to cats, be inclined but... to agree. Okay, I see. Yeah. But so, there are animals So I'll heaven. tell you. So Robert W. Gottfried, who is a, an esteemed theologian that I saw last weekend, he actually said he believes that there may still be animals in heaven, that the Bible is silent on such things, and that he chooses to believe that animals will be in heaven. Interesting, right? But we know, the dude well, is we not know a, they're animals. Well, he's, a, he's not a fuzzy creature either. He's like a very hardcore church historian. Well, it's not just like animals, Ed, Edward, because we know there'll be animals. It's specific animals, like our long lost pets. So it's not like, you know, will there be animals? You know, the Bible talks about it, but it's like, will there be the animals here? And a lot of reasons, you know, Christians would say no is because they'd be like, well, they don't have souls, so they can't, you know, be saved and go to heaven. Okay, on those merits, no. However, um, you know, if, you know, not being souls, I, I mean, it would make just as much sense one way or another that, you know, if, um, I don't know if Jesus is like, hey, you know, I died for your sins and gave you eternal life. But in case that's not enough, um, you know, if you really want, I can I can, you know, poof your kitty cat up here into existence. Um, so, I mean, it wouldn't be on the merits of salvation or anything like that because, you know, they're a dumb animal with no soul. But, um, you know, don't want to limit God. So, I mean, I think that position has just as much as the they don't have souls. Therefore, they can't come into heaven because they can't be redeemed. Um, so, yeah, it's not a salvation type reason. It would be more of a, well, God can do anything. So, I mean. I guess if he wants you to be happy and you're not happy enough with heaven for eternity um, or earth or whatever you were talking about yesterday, Chris and Brian. But anyway, that's that's kind of what I think. I have something that I want to ask uh, in kind of a way, and I may be I may be um, stepping in the wrong realm here of this, but wasn't all creation created for one purpose? Like the animals, 
the trees, the grass, because doesn't it say that if we fail to give God the praise that he is due, that the rocks will will cry out in our place, and and there's something in there that talks about the, the animals and stuff and the trees praise him or something like that? Uh, yeah, the rocks crying. Go ahead. No, the rocks crying out thing. I think that I think when it comes to stuff like um, I <clears throat> celebrations, whether they be for person or or other animal, um, are for the living. And so you know, like saying something to a child or to a loved one about you know whatever it is, you know, whether it be their um, I, I think I agree with with uh, with Steph that you know if this whole thing is true, uh, cats will burn in the lake of fire forever. Um, you know, but you know maybe for your. You dog. don't have a dying cat right now, you jerks. <laughs> I, I I was I was not aware of that, Nate. I do apologize for that. But but cats are cats are evil creatures. They are they're they're uh, predators. That is correct. Yeah, they're they, they are literally one of the only animals that's like vindictive and will. To do things to spite you, right? Even though you feed it, well, it's I just so your ears fluffy. These people may not be safe. I, I just want to point out that uh, that if you're a corpse, your dog will eat you faster than your cat, which is the Thank most loving thing because they want to be with you forever. What's the problem? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, going, cats going, will going eat you to... when you're alive. Okay, so yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's when I but started following real right there. But but going back to what I was saying, you know, like because these things are for are for the living, right? Like you know, funerals, or they're they're not for the dead, they're not for the dead person, right? Obviously. So, you know, I think if you're going to tell someone, you know, whatever it is, I, I just take it as an act of kindness, you know, to that individual to tell them whatever they may need to hear in that moment. Like so, I mean, I've been an atheist for a long time, long before uh, either of my parents died. Uh, my dad died first. And, you know, when my mom and I were talking after, after my dad died, you know, she was, you know, she was longing for the time when she would see him again because they, you know, they both believe that stuff. And I told my, I told my mom exactly what it was she needed to hear in that time. You know, she was like, you know, you know, do you think I'll ever see him again? And I said, and I, and I said, yeah, I think you will, because that's what she needed to hear. And so I think, you know, I think if you're, if you're going to, you know, try to be, you know, a kind person. Then you know, telling a person that they may see their dog, cat, squirrel, whatever, um, again, just tell them what they tell them what they need to hear in, in that in that instance. And I don't look at that even as even as someone who who thinks it's all made up. I don't look at that as being you know untrue to myself because it's not about me in that time. Uh, so when I was it's little, I was talking to my dad about heaven. Um, and just asking him questions. And he was like, you know, and I'm a cradle Christian. This goes way back in my family on my dad's side. Um, and he had said, well, in heaven, I'm not going to know who you are. <laughs> I was like six. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, well, we don't recognize each other in heaven. So whether uh, whether you're in heaven or not, I'm not really going to care when I get there. And I have pondered this the past 30 years. Bro, so. that's a uh, hardcore reformed <laughs> belief. No. No. Yeah, it is. It well, is. Maybe. I, promise you, I promise you that's a hardcore reformed belief. 
Well, my dad's not reformed, but he does hold to that belief where he says, wow. no, nah, I'm not going to know who anybody is. We're not, we're not given or taken in marriage. So it's cool. Uh, you know, I, it doesn't matter. And I, this is okay. So my point with this, Michael is I don't hold to that belief actually. Um, but when I was a kid, I had to sort of come to terms with that because I believed it when my dad said it, uh, and I'm still fine. And I appreciate that my dad was clear about, uh, what he thought to be true, even though that's not something you would typically say to a six-year-old child. So I don't know. Opposite end of the Papa Steph has been clean for Calvinism. Steph, you had something to say before this a minute ago. Has that time passed? Yes, it's relevant now. Yes. Oh, I was going to, hey, so Michael, um, you, you were real salty the other day. Did you get whatever else sorted out? Because, uh, man, like. Everyone was salty, salty that day. Everybody was salty, but man, I was, I was a little bit, I was actually a little bit worried about you. Like if, as if, you know, maybe something else was going on or is everything cool or like, you know, anything we can help with? Oh yeah, no, I, and I, I appreciate I appreciate the the kind thoughts. No, I'm totally fine. So I I think I may have explained, and maybe I I was kind of rushed because I was driving to uh to a meeting at the time, and so I didn't have time to go into it afterwards. And I think either I think Tippy may have been there, and she had asked me something, and I forget what it was now, and I felt bad about that afterwards because I I don't think I answered what it was that she asked. Anyway, yes, I'm fine. Um, the kind of leading up to Tuesday. I had had thoroughly uncharitable conversations with a few different people, not n- n- not on Clubhouse and in, in in real life, um, and it it had to do with uh, on on one instance, it was actually, and this is the first time it's ever happened, but uh, there's I guess there's um there's a Baptist church not too far from us, Cavalry Baptist. It's about uh, oh, but there's probably a Cavalry Baptist in every town in the United States. But, um, and, um, this, this one's maybe I'll do the conversion four miles from my house. And this, uh, he's, uh, I guess a, a new pastor. And so he went knocking door to door. I mean, I'm used to witnesses come and knock on my door. I, I kind of, I start drooling when they do, but anyway, this Baptist preacher knocks on the door and and uh, I was wearing one of my uh, Richard Dawkins Foundation uh, T-shirts at the time. Oh no, Michael! And it says, and it, and it says, it says religion, and this, and the caption of that is "Together we can find a cure." Um, and so he, you know, I open the door, and he looks at me, and he glances down, and he went red. This was it was a it, it was fascinating. I was. I, from that moment, I've, I'm like, I want to be your best friend. Wait, what do you Not mean? Your... Did did he get angry, or you mean embarrassed, or like, what do you mean? Yeah, he got like it, it was like right, like he looks down and he says, he says, well, he says, I'm not sure whether it, it, this is this is verbatim. He said, I'm not sure whether God had me knock on your door for a reason, but I'm really wondering whether I should bother talking to you. And, and, and then my, my statement to him was how Christian of you. Um, and then we got into it from there. Uh, some of it, I actually downloaded some of this and I'm trying to decide whether or not, uh, like how widely I share this because I have a ring door cam and it recorded the whole, the whole interaction. <laughs> then, um, I mean, you need to share the whole interaction. And so it, cause it was about 45 minutes. Oh my this gosh. guy, this guy was frothing at the mouth he was so angry um and i couldn't and, and it was like you know it was like 
you know, it was, I, I felt like the line from that movie, you know, like, you know, like from Brokeback Mountain, you know, where it's like, you know, I wish, you know, I can't quit you. I, I, just, I couldn't, I couldn't quit the interaction. I couldn't walk away from it, even though it was so off-putting because the things he was saying was just terrible. Anyway, that led into kind of a, like, that was the first in a series of several uncharitable conversations. And I was having to be, th this guy was pretty sharp. He was pretty sharp. Um, but we went kind of going back and forth, like, you know, Bible verse versus Bible verse. And he started spewing some some nonsense uh, about uh, psychology. And as you all know, that's kind of my wheelhouse. And so that's where I kind of just flipped a switch. Um, and I, 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 I invited him in. I'm like, I'd like to take you upstairs and show you my degree. Um, and he wasn't having that. And I just told him. Yeah. No, that's in the basement. Um, so, and it was just, yeah, anyway, kicked off a series of conversations. So anyway, to make a long story longer, uh, Chris, that's, that's kind of where it was coming from. And so I was maybe just more on edge. I was, um, I actually asked Josh, I was like, can you check in on Michael? I'm a little worried about it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm totally fine. But I, I certainly appreciate the, the, uh, the concern, but it is, uh, yeah. I'm totally good. I would just like to note, don't don't worry about the context. Michael said the words, I'll do the conversion. Okay, don't worry about the context. Just clip, <laughs> someone clip that and just remember. I'm kidding, of course, Michael. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I do that often because, uh, you know, the, you know, the United States being, you know, I've, I have wonderful friends, such dear friends uh, in, in the United States. But for the life of me, I just bang my head against the wall when I'm just like, why won't you get on board with the entire planet and go to the metric system? Um, but yeah. Uh, wait, for reasons. Do you want an actual answer? Oh, no. And, and, and Steph, we had this very conversation before. And I get it. Like, because like with the construction stuff and the things yeah, that yeah, you okay. do, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But it's but the, the glorious simplicity of the metric system is just so, yeah. Anyway, what about the ten millimeter socket wrenches? Apparently, that's a problem. Well, I I have I have actually have negative tools. Um, I am I I, I was I'll tell people oftentimes when I'm standing face to face I'll kind of tap my I'll tap myself on the head and I say I make my living with this and I'll hold my hands up and say not with these. I am useless. I have in my uh, on in my favorites saved on my phone is John the handyman who I call when I need him to do something that I'm useless at. I'll buy a new faucet. I'll buy a new whatever. I'll be like, John, come install this thing for me. Here's some money. Make my problem go away. I have no problem with this. When I met my wife, she had more tools than I did, and she still does. I'm useless when it comes to that stuff. Uh, for the record, everyone should do that because uh, as a, a handyman contracting you know, couple, my husband, he sees horrifying things that people have done themselves and then they have to undo it later with lots more money. So that, that is like the way to do it, Michael. Yeah, like in I'm not sure what it's like in the US, like in Canada, it's actually uh, like legal uh, allowed to install a gas appliance in your own house. Um, I think that's one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. Gas has this funny thing of going boom. And I would much rather pay someone to do it right so I can sleep at night.
Anyway, let's talk right. about, and let's get into something contentious, like why God doesn't exist. So just I, for the record, I, I have really like multiple 10-millimeter uh, wrenches because everyone is always looking for a t- <laughs> I mean, Michael, now that you said that, I would love it if, you know, this Michael, camera footage made its, way to, made its way to uh, YouTube. Uh, I would be interested to see this exchange. So it, it's funny, you know, I get, I get asked regularly why I don't have, because, like, we do, we do the podcast and stuff like that, and I get asked regularly. I go on lots of people's YouTube channels, and I get asked why we don't have a YouTube channel, and the answer is very, very simple. I'm too lazy. Um, Almost everything that I do, I do in the simplest form possible. So I like to get out there. Podcast is the easiest way to do it. So that's what I that's what I use. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a Mac guy. So there are better programs than GarageBand, but GarageBand comes standard on every Mac. So that's what I record our podcast in. Um, <laughs> our podcast, our podcast, our audio podcast, is hosted on WordPress because it's the easiest. So they get my money. Um, I I try I try to simplify my life uh, as as best I can because and mostly because what I do for a living takes up a hundred and four percent of my brain capacity. So when I'm not working, I want things to go as smoothly as possible. I just saw a meme change the subject. If you're buying smart water for $4 a bottle, it's not working. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. Oh, no, that is. Yeah, that is. Yeah, there's um, there's actually and that's not the that's not the worst one. There's one that comes in like a, a really tall uh, a, a cylindrical bottle. Uh, yes, you are uh, thinking that... of liquid death. <laughs> No, if uh, if that's a if that's a if that's a a brand of water, yes. their marketing their marketing department should be shot. No, that's um, the thing that makes people buy it. It's water in a can, and it's called Liquid Death. And their commercials are about marketing water to men, and they sell <laughs> like that's the whole. You should if you haven't seen this, you should look it up. I've got my work cut out for me today, Michael. If I mean, if you have like. Do you you have a Gmail account, right? Everyone has a Gmail account. No, actually, I don't use Gmail. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, the, no, my 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 ISP. Uh, basically, when you sign up for the the different internet service uh, packages, uh, it comes with you know a bunch of email. Like it comes with a bunch of emails addresses. So I just use those because it's the simplest. Wow, that is interesting. Oh, you're I really want to see this now. Right I, I really want to see this. Not not just here. Like Lou recommends playing it, but I don't want to. I, I don't think we can. So the hard part is, is that I've so gone you have back to keep and, paying them. Yeah. So I've gone back and looked at. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But but the ISP that I'm with is also, in my humble opinion, see, we don't have the same options in the U.S. Like there are, like the the kind of the free, the way the free market thing, from my understanding, goes in the U.S. Like you've got a hundred million internet service providers and all that other stuff. Yes. Um, in Can- yeah, in Canada, there's two um and and that's and not to say that there aren't more but if you want good service there are two and so and and that might be the same way in the u.s like maybe you know maybe eight socially yeah it's great (laughs) great. well i mean out of all of the 
the choices we have, like almost everyone still uses like, well, not for ISP, but like, I mean, for email, like almost everyone uses like free emails because they're just better. Um, anyway, just. Yeah. But, oh, no. So anyway, so going back to what I was uh, saying before. So the, so the interaction that, that my ring doorbell ca uh, captured and the, the, it actually went. So, so the, the conversation was about 45 minutes, uh, but, but ring only recorded 30 minutes of it. Cause that's like the most it will do like in a, in a chunk of data time. Um, so, and I didn't learn that till later when I went back and looked at it. So you can, you, so unfortunately from the way you're standing, of course, the doorbell, you know, the ring camera faces out. So you can see kind of the side of my arm and hear my voice, but you can see the entirety of, um, I don't even remember his name now. He gave me his name. Um, but, uh, Nate, he kind of looked like you, uh, just older, just, just probably 15 years, your senior with a, with a short, uh, short, uh, fully gray beard. Hmm. Um, the Canadian Nate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I watched it, watching it, it was, it was re rewatching it. <laughs> All I really found were some of the mistakes that I made and some of the things that I said. Um, but his, his, uh, the tone of his voice, um, his, uh, everything, his, his, uh, the way his, uh, body, 80% of our communication is nonverbal. And this guy looked a couple of times, like watching it back later, because I was so enthralled with the conversation. And I never felt unsafe, um, but I was so enthralled with the conversation that while we were having the conversation, I missed some of his body language cues. And there were a couple of times where he, like looking back on it, and I may be reading too much into this, but he looked like he was going to swing at me. Um, <laughs> he, he was so angry. My wife watched it and just kind of shook her head. She's like, why'd you waste your time? But I mean, why, why would somebody get angry? Like, I don't, if I, if I rolled up on somebody, if I was doing door knocking again, which I have done door knocking in the past, but like, if I saw somebody with an atheist shirt, I'd be excited. I was like, I'd be like, oh, you really do want to have this conversation. Let's have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, yeah. it's like when you walk onto the car lot, like the only reason somebody walks onto a car lot is because they're looking for a car. You know, they're not just like, I wonder what cars look like. You know I mean? It's like. Yeah, no, no. And, and I love having like, where, where, if I wear like, let's say out of seven days, um, I, I wear a t-shirt at some point every day. Um, if I'm working at home, it's all day, but six of those seven days, it's an, it's an atheist themed t-shirt. I have 50 or 60 of them. Um, so, and, and yeah, Chris, I, I'm in total agreement with you. Like I will purposely wear one in downtown Whitby, the town that I live in on a Saturday because there's witnesses and Mormons out on different corners and stuff like that. And so I'll walk, you know, I'll just, you know, in the nicer weather, walk down with a t-shirt, hoping that someone will engage me in conversation. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think what, like really early on, because he was, I think, I think I wasn't expecting the conversation to go as long as it did. So 
the interaction pretty much started with like after he said what it was that he said, you know, I'm not sure whether I should waste my time talking to you. And I said, and my next statement is, well, well, you probably should shouldn't waste your breath because the Christian God doesn't exist. And it just went and it just by of course that made it spiral from there, right? So I think one of the reasons he got so angry was because I took such a firm stance and said to his face that, you know, he worshipped a fairy tale. So that that might have been it. So why the Christian God? I know you have more experience with it, but like why do you do you give the like Muslims, for example, the same pushback, or is it because you aren't as versed in that that you aren't like well, look, I know the Christian God, and also, you know, the Muslim God is not real. Like, are you, I thought you were equal opportunities because you're not as well-versed in that stuff, that it's definitely the Christian God doesn't exist, but maybe the Muslim God's cool? Oh, no, no. I mean, I'll still tell people, like, if, if I'm speaking with, with, a, with a Muslim apologist, I'll tell, still, still tell him that I believe that God is made up whole cloth as well. But, um, but I can't quote the Quran the way I can um, the, uh, the Bible. Right. So because I'm I so I'm I am more guarded to make what I believe are fallibilistic statements of knowledge. Against something that I've spent less time studying. Right. Like I will state with fallibilistic, you know, certainty uh, and knowledge that the Christian God is completely made up. Um, and you know, so and, you're just calling us really bad readers or no, no. <laughs> no, not at all. So, and so again, so for anyone not familiar, so um, the philosophical principle of fallibilism states that you can have knowledge without absolute certainty, right? So I realize I misspoke a, a moment ago. So, so I will state that I have knowledge, a justified true belief. Most Christians are fine with that definition of knowledge, um, that the Christian God does not exist. And, and so the next statement out of his mouth, why are you so sure? And he had a Bible in his hand, and I pointed at him. Say, I said, "Well, because of that." And and I've said I've said that on this stage before. Like the the best evidence the Christian God has made up is the Bible. Well, right. And, that, that's kind of like what I was talking about. Because then you, yeah. I mean, what, you you'd be saying it without saying it. That you know, I guess I guess because of the way you read that leads you to this conclusion. The book is the reason that you are certain the Christian God doesn't exist. Well, that means you have better insight or intuitive reading skills and comprehension than you know, all the Christians on the planet that use that book as a reason to have knowledge that God exists. No, I mean, you're, you're not saying it, but I mean, it's implied without saying it. (laughs) Um, I I can understand where that comes from, but the, but one of the reasons that I'll, that I never, and I've said this before. So, uh, Hebrews 11 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. And, you know, and the whole idea of, you know, um, the, you know, the, the definition of faith, evidence of seeing things hoped for, um, you know, the faith in th- uh, or the belief in thing, uh, things not seen, right? So I never get on a Christian, like I never rail against them when they say they have faith. Like w- when you break it down to the lowest common denominator, for the overwhelming majority of Christians that I speak to, it comes down to, to a, a belief, like a faith that X is true, right? And if you have that faith, fine. The reason I believe the Christian God it does not exist is i've i've read the bible i've done studies i've d- spoken to multiple different faith traditions like w- within within christendom and i do not have that i i don't have that faith and it is my belief my firm belief that you know like the bible says that god wants for everyone to know that he exists right i do not know that he exists 
And so you you can throw syllogisms at that and say, well, you know, you know, if if the Bible says that every you know God wants everyone to, or so if the Bible is true, premise one, if the Bible is true, then we should take the things that the Bible says as truth. Premise two, the Bible says God wants for everyone to know that that He exists. Premise three, I do not know that God exists. Conclusion: God does not exist. So, I mean, that's something I threw together in four seconds. I'm terrible at philosophy, and I'm sure anyone with a strong philosophical background can pull to pieces what I just said. But you know, in the simplest of forms, that's kind. That's the kind of thing. So that's why, like, it's and it's not for lack of. And I'll tell people this all the time. It's not for lack of trying, right? You know, Nate, how many times have I told you? You know, I continue to apply the prescription as yet unsuccessful. Right. So I, I do continue to try. I seek out. I speak to more people who disagree with me than I do people that agree with me. Because well, I'm always I'm yeah, because I'm always prepared to accept that I could be wrong. But you can't well, tell me that I'm wrong. You have to show me that I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, you know, taking your, your word just to run through this quickly. I would say, first of all, you know, I, I would never say talk to more people. I'd say talk to God, like exercise an amount of faith and do that. So, I mean. You know, the more, the more I would never say talk to, you've talked to enough people. I would say, don't talk to people, talk to the person, talk, talk to God, pray to God, exercise some faith. Um, so I would, I would never say talk to more people. Um, that, I would actually like argue against that. You've, you've talked to enough people. Um, and then I would say, well, you know, your premise, which I am not a, a philosophy does not make me happy either because it gets just ridiculous super quick. Um, but when you said, you know, premise one, whatever, whatever it was. Um, if you recap that real quick, it was premise one, like, you know, God wants ev- the Bible's true or whatever, and God wants everyone to know. Therefore, if the Bible's true and God wants everyone to know, but I don't know, therefore God is not true. I'd say, well, yeah, but I mean, there's a lot to unpack just in that four second analysis. It's like, well, does that mean God gets everything he wants? He could. He's powerful. He's God. He could. But does that mean just because he's power enough to do it? Does he? I mean, there you go. Like, you know, we, that we, we get into like the different wills of God. So it's like... If everything you said is absolutely true, then you have a great case, and I'd be inclined to agree. But that means all your premises have to be true, and and there's no way to prove that. So like, if we're not saying like God, uh, you know, God is going to force every single thing He wants, or there will be an allowance that God will put up with, like you know, where it talks about you know God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, like that. And it talks about you know God's not slow in fulfilling His you know, and fulfilling justice or whatever, but he's, he's giving people time to repent. So, I mean, if God really wanted his ideal, you would think God would have just ended the world and be like, nope, y'all had your chance, you're gone. But instead, it seems like, you know, God is not slow in keeping his promise, but he's giving people time to repent. So it's like, well, yeah, God can do whatever he wants. So he's, he's choosing in, you know, because he's God to give people more time. So in that same way, it's like, well, yeah, he wants people to come to repentance, but, uh, close your eyes, it was Chris. That doesn't mean necessarily you can draw that he's going to force people to this knowledge. And if people don't have this knowledge, then they can conclude God doesn't exist. Anyway, just stuff like that. I mean, you know, I, I don't like absolute statements because they tend to cause more, you know, get people in sticky situations. So, I, I mean, I'm sure you've thought through that, though, right, Michael? Yeah, no. You yeah. just gave you just gave the most Calvinist argument I've heard you give. So that was pretty good. You weren't supposed to be listening, Chris. Yeah, I can hear Chris. I can smiling. <laughs> um, and no. And- and and I've said this before, but for anyone who hasn't hear, heard me say this before, I think that uh, in Letter to a Christian Nation, Sam Harris um, uh, wrote this. And, and I think it is very, very, I think it is absolutely true. He says in this quote, 
in the fullness of time, one side is really going to win this argument and the other side is really going to lose. End quote. Well, I agree. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anyone else have anything to say? Sean, you've been quiet for a while. Someone's coming to the stage with dots for names. Yeah, Gia. Uh, that's Harold. Oh, hey, Harold. That's not Gia? No, Dot's, not Gia. Dot is Harold. Oh, Dot is Harold. Yeah, I know that. I am the almighty Dot. Are you a two-dimensional creature? I am the last. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be a, a pixel, then? Right? <laughs> it goes along... Goes along with my PTR. <laughs> well, it's either, it's either this PTR today, or it's going to be wasted Silver Star PTR. So you know. Oh. Do wait. We care what about do you that, like? Chris? Do we wait. Need... I want. It. What happened? What so... happened? You said wasted silver star. Am I to did we like sh show up like drunk or something, or Here, are we I got talking you. A different? So it was brought to our attention by Serendipity and a few others that um, there are a few accounts that Silver Star has where he gets drunk and sings into a camera. Uh, so here, I this is my favorite one. I mean, I have to choose. Be, and, and by one, I mean playlist. Um, this is my favorite. I'm posting it in the side chat. This is my favorite playlist, but other medium that he uses to uh, do this on are like Periscope and YouTube and TikTok. But this one is my favorite. So, yeah, enjoy. And so, like, is this, like, a thing he's, like, proud of, or it's supposed to be private and people found it, or... That's such a great question. I'm assuming sure. since he's using the same moniker, and since he's doing it on multiple platforms, that he does, in fact, intend this to be public and enjoy... I mean, we're enjoying it to the... Did you well, realize... Chris, what's your PTR? I'm curious now. I did not know this, and I had nothing to do with this, Nate. There is an entire... You know how they have houses now? There's an entire house with over 600 people in it that, like, dislike Silver Star. It's like the entire house is dedicated to disliking Silver Star, and there's 600 people joined this house on, on Clubhouse. It's funny, you know, I've, I've, I've said this before, and I think everybody or most people here know this, but, I mean, I've... Stacy is the reason I came to Clubhouse, because of how he... Uh, publicly denounced and or rebuked, I guess it would be a Christian thing to say, uh, uh, our friend Ding Dong some time ago. And I have never had an, a, a bad conversation with this man. It, it's so, and it's, and it's stuff I've, I've heard some of it. Like I have sought out some of the things cause we talked about this before and I've sought out some of the things and I've not spoken to him in some time. Actually, it may have been since um, you, I think you posted something in a, in a chat a long time ago when I said this very thing and I went and I looked it up and I was able to find some of the things that, and some of the venom that he, he spewed about you. And I don't know that I've spoken to him since then, but I, I've always found this very weird where 
where he he will it seems like he rails against more people that he would agree with and seems to just you know have nothing bad to say about me unless he totally rails against me when I'm not talking to him and he's you know and and I haven't come across that recording yet well the things about me are the most mild. Like, I think that I'm a blip on his radar. Uh, he only accused me of not loving my daughter uh, and being perfectly okay with her being molested by someone, which is pretty low on his uh, scale of venomous things that he says to people. So yeah, he's not a fan of me. He'll be me. I mean, I, we have each other blocked and it's nice. That's, that's a good thing. Um, but no, there are, that, that is, that is like a two on the Stacy scale of venom. It's not, it, and, and here's the thing, right? Like, this is the puzzling thing that sort of led to there being a club completely devoted to him is that, and that's kind of a long story, I guess, but uh, I had nothing to do with it. But there is a, this very strange dynamic with him where he will be pretty buddy pal with atheists. And then if you get, it's almost like keep your enemies closer uh, where if you are a, if you are claiming Christianity, but you don't perfectly line up with his theology, so he hates me strictly on the basis that I openly reject Calvinism, right? That's that's he doesn't know anything about me. He didn't even know that I had kids when he said that thing. Um, so he he hates that, uh, and and he is equally venomous towards Malak. But then he also hates Chris, who aligns with him theologically, and he actually hates Chris more than I do, or more. <laughs> He hates Chris more That's than he hates good. me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I don't hate Chris. Hate Nobody is such a strong that. word. <laughs> I love Chris. I'm sorry. That was not a Freudian slip. No one Steph, else. No, no, no. That was a Freudian jump off a cliff. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you just, you just went, you just went, uh, you just went ass over tea kettle into the Grand Canyon. I did. Um, I, I caught it as it was coming out of my mouth. I thought, no, stop it. It was too late. Uh, he, <laughs> Chris, Chris, I love, I, no one clipped that. Chris is great. I love Chris. He hates Chris more than he hates me. That's what I was trying to say. And then if there's a spectrum, Michael's all the way on the other end. So I don't know what his deal is. The end. I love Chris. No one, no one take that. Clip. I'm already making the memes. Ugh. So, so Nate, you're, I, while I'm sure your your thumbnail, well, your th none of your thumbnails have ever offended me. I'm sure your particular thumbnail or your PTR today won't offend any, uh, won't offend anybody that, or too many people that come around here. But I uh, did yesterday. You... Oh, did it really? It was, someone thought it was disrespectful that I was uh, putting putting her face in, in like the Mother Mary thing, and uh, uh, he was like, "Don't you think it's disrespectful?" I'm like, "No." I think it's a mockery of Greta who's ridiculous and didn't earn or deserve what she got and has no idea what it even is. Um, so it's a mockery of her and I'm good with, I'm like, I don't think it's disrespectful, you know, for like Christianity or, you know, anything like that. I mean, Catholics may be a little unhappy with it. Um, and then he's like, well, I think it's respectful. I'm like, I understand it will remain. Yeah. Like I, I think, and, and oh, this is one of, this is one of the things that I said on Tuesday, remember now, like I, you know, as someone who worked very hard, to get the pieces of paper that I have. Um, I, I, I think that if, like, if schools are going to give people honorary pieces of paper, just, you know, give them like a, you know, like something like an honorary high five or something like that, you know, or <laughs> something with, with two thumbs up. Don't, don't give them something, you know, that, that 
is represent that not it's not equivalent obviously but representative of the 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 level of work that other people who actually sat in the classrooms and did all the things to to get the things um cuz i think that and this is just my opinion um i think i think that kind of just is a as a slap in the face to people who did the work uh, yeah, i agree and that being said if someone would give me an honorary phd though um oh i'll tell you uh, yeah, I agree with you, Michael. That being said, if someone would give me an honorary PhD, I would take it and then call myself doctor. <laughs> um, so maybe I'm I'm jealous. Um, but why so, theology? Yeah, you didn't hear. Like what? Why it, not? It like makes international okay, there, relations. There's two theories. Okay. There's two theories. It's just happenstance that the theological department of Helsinki, the university, um, were just the first ones to get the genius idea to give her a PhD. So it's just because it happened to be these people in the theology department. The other one is because they consider, like, you know, willingly or not, uh, this climate crap that she's into, like, on its road to being, like, the religion of the world that's going to save us all. So either innocently, like, hey, we just want her to have a PhD that she didn't earn or deserve, and we happen to be in the theology department, therefore that's where it is. Um, I mean, it may as well could have been like motocross or race cars if that's the department it would have came from. Um, or that, yes, science is is going to, uh, you know, the climate change is going to have something to do with like a religion and what the earth religion really should be um, instead of all this nonsense like sky daddies and eternal life and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, take your pick. Either one is poison. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I could really see her getting like an honorary master's in international relations or diplomacy. I mean, it would be silly, but uh, you know that would again spit in the face of everyone who worked for it. But I diplomacy. See... All she's the... done is how dare you? How well, dare exactly. you? Exactly. No, I know. But then it's gone worldwide, and she's got people talking. I'm, I'm not a fan, okay? But I'm saying the theology <laughs> is so wildly. I'm trying to steel man what I could see working, and this is not it. So yeah. the reason that they, their theology department is animist. Okay, and so like the idea that you're doing things to save the planet is theology to them. Like, and so honorary doctorate, regular doctorate, they pretty much carry the same weight from Helsinki. Sorry, it's just it's such a trash school for theology. Like, no one ever takes it seriously, and no one engages with any of their stuff in any journals that I'm aware of. Maybe Dr. Bowen knows. Maybe he knows. Maybe he knows a few people from Helsinki in the TH, the, the theology department. I don't know, but no one I've ever read has ever cited a paper from anyone who has a doctorate from that university. So, so, so try not to take this too much as shots fired, although I know that's there's no other way to take it. Um, I've never spoken to—so I, I do not have a PhD. I do have an advanced degree, but I don't have a PhD. Um, as someone who, uh, anyone I've ever spoken to who has an advanced degree, uh, in theology, I've never taken them seriously either. Um, That's because, fair. because to me, it's, it's tantamount to, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting down the work they did. I'm putting down the field they did the work in. Um, and so like, to me, it's like saying I, I have an advanced degree in Disney. Right, and, and well, feel the same kind of way about psychology, to be honest. So. Oh, well, that, that hits too close to home. That hits too close <laughs> to home. <laughs> Shots fired across the bow. Two, two things. Is it fair to say that, Chris, would you, would you say that the 
Theological Institute in Helsinki is the uh, secular version of Kent Hovind's trailer university. Yes. I think that's probably fair. I mean, and then I would say... Most yeah. of the dissertations, I think, are in crayon. But I could be wrong. And then I... Uh, I will say, like, you know, I've always had a thing because I, I believe, like, you know, the, the eternal life, right, as a, as a Christian for many, many moons. Uh, as a Christian, the things you need to know to be cool with God are very limited, are very simple, right? Post-it note. Um, so whenever whenever people start talking about, like, upper echelons of education and stuff, um, I, it always hits me a certain way, right? Because, of course, their study is worth something. But it's like it's just diminishing returns, like eternally speaking, right? Because it, for the people who study it and are believers, and like let's talk about Christianity, then it's like okay, well, you know, they were a Christian twenty years before they got their PhD in you know that school of divinity or theology or whatever. So it's like they've already had the the, the meaning of life solved before they even went to college um, as an undergrad. So it's like on one hand, that's all you need, right? So like a complete layperson can be like, repent, believe the gospel, congratulations. I've got my doctorate in eternal life. Um, and, and then the more people I go into divinity and stuff like that, of course they should be respected for the work they do for the history, the context, the languages, like all the extra stuff. It's not going to save anyone, but like understanding all, you know, all the Chris scholastic type stuff. Um, but then if you have someone who is like going to get their PhD in like theology or divinity or whatever, and they are not a believer in anything, they're like an atheist. They, they just want to do that for whatever reasons. I, I don't really know. I guess I had have an education or waste mommy and daddy's money, um, but, you know, reasons. So if you don't believe in this stuff, then I really don't know why. But anyways, I, I there's one such person I met a few months ago, and um, they, they live in my community. And I met them exactly one time, and then I saw them one other time, and it was awkward. Um, so I, I met these people, and uh, I, I can't judge. It's going to sound that way, but I'm basically the same person with the belief in Christ. So um, this the, this couple had a kid about my age, and we're all at the community center, and they're running around, and they're like, oh, we just moved here, blah, 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 and like, you know, I've lived here for a while, and I just finished up my my uh, college work and stuff like that, and uh, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and they're like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I do some web design, and I also have a, you know, a podcast I like, and they're like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's a religious discussion. We talk about, you know, religion and, you know, stuff like that, and they're like, oh, what's the, and uh, oh, that came to the very last. No, it didn't. Anyway. And uh, they're like, what's the name? I'm like, it's called Ask a Christian. And this person, you know, had a certain aura about them. Like they, they seemed like very kind of like, I don't know, like hip, hippie-esque, like very free-spirited. Um, I, I don't know if you're getting the picture. I'm not trying to be mean because, I mean, you know, th they were like covered in tattoos and tie-dye. And, you know, I'm also covered in tattoos. So, I mean, you know, I'm not judging. But there's oh, a certain – certain. There, like, there's – oh, yeah. Yeah, like so there's a certain – there's a certain way about people. Anyway, so we talked. And, uh, you know, I, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, it's called Ask a Christian, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, okay. And they, like, took my phone number. And they're like, well, let's have our kids get together and play. I'm like, that sounds great. She's like, I'd like to talk about religion sometime. I'm like, oh, what would you say? to She's like, oh, you know, I just got my PhD in, like, uh, it was, like, theology or divinity or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, to my ear, I'm hearing that as I've been ragging on it, you know, the last 10 minutes. So I'm like, okay, it's, it's one of those people who are going to, you know, have a conversation and tell me why I'm wrong and tell me about how there's different cultural floods from China that post-date or predate the biblical flood and blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be a bunch of like that nonsense. Um, anyway, so in my mind, I could have been surprised, but in my mind, it was going to be like one of that very secular humanist type just happens to have a divinity PhD for some reason. So I'm like, okay, yeah, call us, you know, bye-bye. We live right down the road from you. Uh, never heard anything. So I just assume they like jumped on this podcast 
<laughs> and heard 10 minutes and just like, you know, probably set their house on fire. They're like, there's no way I'm talking to that guy. He's nuts. He's one of those people. Um, anyway, so it was like all pleasant when, you know, I was like all tattooed and stuff. And she probably thought, oh, he's like me, right? Like he probably just believes, you know, religion or some kind of pagan god because he looks like he would worship Thor. Um, anyways, I don't know. That's all I got to contribute. I'm sorry. It, it I failed. kind of looked like he'd worship Thor. And, and and then I saw them uh, like a couple a couple weeks ago now. Uh, we were we were driving. I was driving home from getting my kids from the school bus, and uh, my daughter actually we haven't seen these people since, but she recognized the kids. She's like, "Oh, that's the blah blah blah." I'm like, "Who?" And I looked and I saw the mom and dad. I'm like, "Oh!" And I I like waved. I didn't stop. I just kind of waved. They were riding their bikes on the side of the road, and uh, you know they they noticed me, and it was it was just like an awkward kind of. Uh, we said we were gonna call, but we didn't because you're one of those kind of Christians. Yeah, it's yeah, almost so, like so when. Also, so also to be fair, um, Sean has a THD, and he doesn't really talk about it that much. But yeah, he has a he has a he has an actual THD in theology. So throwing throwing you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I'm uncle. Hey, I, look, I never stopped being me. I never stopped being Sean. Just because I have the paperwork, don't mean I'm gonna. Uh, look down on people who don't and think that they're less than me because then I'm in pride and that's sin. Well, Sean, you agree with what I, you agree with what I said? Like, you know, you got the greatest prize probably before you even started your school. Yeah, before before I started, for years, I fought against going to school. Well, I have a, I have a CBD in the I argue with my own grandmother. (laughs) Okay. Um, I said, Grandma, why I need to go to school when the Holy Spirit is the best teacher? You know what she told me? What? She said, she said like this. Because there are going people gonna be out here gonna challenge you on the faith that you and I believe in. And you need to be able to tell them something because some folks ain't just gonna hear Bible. They're gonna hear we're gonna see what you know. And I you know what I said after that? Yes, ma'am. And then, and then within the next year and a half, I was in a Bible college. It was a Bible institute at first. Then I went on to got my bachelor's degree in religious education, my master of divinity. And and just last December, I just got my THD. But think about it. I'm 57 now. But if I had listened to my listened to my grandmother or when I was in my when I got saved, I got saved at 27. If I would have had all that, no later than I would have been, I'd have been 38. I listened the first time she told me. Okay. Uh, Devante, what did you say? You said something? You had a something something? A C something B? He said something about CBD, so I'm wondering if that was just nah, a joke. That was me. I, that oh, was me. Oh, of I course it was Harold. Yeah, I was saying I got a THC and a CBD in, in theology. Uh, yeah, I, I do think it's interesting. While you know, while while I can appreciate people, you know, that that do have faith, um, I have been I have been in a position for like I've I've never I've never been the 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 final decision in a hiring process, and I'm glad I'm not because I'm not interested in doing that. But I have been in kind of you know in the screening, uh, in in the screening um, of it, and if. If someone, you know, if I did see um, a CV that had Holy Spirit as an education, that that probably would be the recycling bin. Um, but uh, 
Yeah. And did, there, Chris, you're in the tech. Aren't there programs where you actually filter for keywords and stuff like that? So, you know, I could yeah. filter that keyword out. Yeah. So I could filter that keyword out anywhere. You want to hear a good story about those algorithms? You, know, you guys know I've been doing IT for like 25 years, right? Or maybe longer now. I'm old. I don't know. Um, and uh, I was applying, before I started my company, I was applying for jobs because we were dirt poor. And uh, I never got past any of the robots. I sent out probably 400 resumes, <laughs> and they're sterling resumes with tons of experience. I never even got one phone call because the filters, the robots filtered them all out. No human ever saw my resume. Why do you think they filtered them out? Because I was just going to say, my wife has been bugging me about this lately. I'm two classes away from my bachelor's. Like I literally just need to oh, take yeah. two classes to finish my bachelor's. And I just haven't done it because I've been an entrepreneur for most of my life. And I just haven't cared. But now it's getting to the point where she's like, dude, and she, the ironic part is that she has advanced degrees and she, she works at a university. She works at the university that I worked at. And so I can go to school for free, costs $0 and take those two classes. And I just haven't done it. Well, get on it. I mean, I know it's like, she's really, don't you guys start on me because she's really, she's on me about Listen, don't be arguing with my grandmother. Go on, take them two courses. Yeah, Chris, you're Before not. Yeah, said, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna get a lot of blow. You're gonna get a lot of blowback. I mean, it, it's. I I had the same. I had the same argument with my daughter, right? Um, and because uh, I like I started a a, a savings plan for her, uh, RESP, uh, when she was like three months old, and uh, and, and when it was. <laughs> And and when it was time for her to go to uh, when it's time for her to go to university, basically I had the first uh, three years of her undergrad paid for, um, and so uh, you know and, she, and she's like, well, you know, what if I decide I want to go to you know like be you know become a you know a, you know a tattoo artist or something like that? I'm like, then I'm buying a Porsche, um, but uh, no, I it's it, it's. I, I get it, and, and the reason you get the, the the blowback, and you know, it's yeah, your your wife is right. Go do the work because it's especially especially with an undergrad, right? I mean, like now, like having a BA is like having BS. It, it almost doesn't mean anything anymore, which is sad. But um, it's a lot of it. Yes, a lot of it is what you get, uh, what you get it in. But from a filter perspective. Like when, like as I've been part of the told you some of that screening process, some of it is, oh, this person had the dedication to show up for four years, uh, and and get something done to get a piece of paper with their name on it. Some of it is just as, as silly as that. Can you imagine, Chris? Like you can change, you can change the demographics. You can like start student clubs. I could just see you like carrying your little lunchbox and backpack to school and. Uh, don't don't ruin this. This is my picture, <laughs> and uh, how they say like you know it's all indoctrination camps and everyone like leans one ideology and it's like you could be the demographic that starts being like that that extra percent that's like oh no here's a different ideology and you can host like all the things that we see on news that get shouted down and picketed and protested. Anyway, I can just imagine little Chris off to school with his backpack and lunch pail. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I yeah maybe I'll do it. I don't know. It's, I'm, I've also been toying with the idea of, of finishing a master's, at least. Um, that's a huge commitment, especially when I'm self-employed. If, if you can, if you guys can badger me about 
salvation, then I can badger Chris about school. Sure, that's fair. I should not have opened my. You have our blessing. <laughs> that's like ninety percent of my life is I should not have opened my. See, now my 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 brain goes to bad places, but I'm in a Christian room, so I will censor myself. Yes, well. The the sad part is that I probably read more seminary textbooks than most seminarians, which is. <laughs> Where do you stand on this, OT? Good to see you. It's been a long, long time. If you're speaking now, unless you just came up to the stage to hang out. Can't speak much, but uh, just uh, getting off mic just to say to greet everybody. Nate, yes, definitely. It's been a long, long time. Uh, been a little distracted with the conversation because uh, I'm, 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 I've been engaging with the chat. But yeah, I heard pot, bits and uh bits and pieces where you guys were talking about, I guess, getting a higher education. Yes, I would agree that um, when it comes to being a Christian, it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. However, getting uh, an education and sharpening your skills, in, especially if you're in ministry, can be actually very beneficial because there are actually a lot of stuff that ends up uh, showing up, especially things like church history. Um, and that's even like, because of that, I've actually not saying that I don't have a good grasp of the scriptures, but I'm actually, if I had a ton of money to retire, I really wouldn't retire. I'll go back to school, even though I do have an advanced degree, but it's not in theology. But um, I would go back to school to to actually go and get a THD for this for the sake of it wouldn't be even for me to go and minister or teach or anything. So it's it's actually I guess very a little selfish on my part because um, especially uh, being on clubhouse and engaging with people with theology, especially there's one individual where I really got impressed how he broke down the Greek in. Uh, John one one. Um, it was uh, what's his name? Yeah, Ye Ye Yeshua. I don't know if you guys have met Yeshua, and he's got a masses in uh, masses in divinity. And the way he broke it down, I now end up. I've got a, my background is like accounting, and we are we we uh precision processes, you know. So precision is a very big deal for us. So I had no idea that theology could be this precise. And what a precise language. Honestly, I realized why God chose Greek, Koine Greek, uh, I guess also Hebrew, but Koine Greek uh, for the New Testament because it's such a precise language. And when he broke it down, I said, how can a person who has got a Greek background or Greek understanding miss the Trinity there? Because especially where, because <clears throat> like in English, it has a part where it says the with. The with can, people can, even though it's obvious what with means, but people can play a lot with the with word. They can kind of try to make it seem uh, 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 metaphorical or something. But in the way the Greek says it, the face-to-face, -face, 
oh, you can't miss that. You cannot miss that, you know. But the way he broke it down and uh, I, I wrote down notes, you know, I also realized maybe I didn't know English. I couldn't speak. <laughs> I didn't understand English as much as I thought because <laughs> I think he was talking about the predicate, nominative, whatever, indicative something. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I should be writing down notes on this and <laughs> to go and check it again. But it was truly impressive. And I came to really appreciate theology because I thought theology was just more, I treated, I looked at it more as a, a discipline of um, not necessarily uh, precise and methodological as other, as a science. But I realized when he broke it down, I said, man, that's, that's a science. And it made me come to realize why theology was the main, uh, that why a lot of these colleges actually started off with theology. And I said, wow, theology is actually the fundamental for almost every discipline when I actually saw it. And I said, when I was like kicking myself because I remember my mom used to tell me, oh, you're going to be a pastor. Well, at that time I was younger. I used to hate that. I was like, no, I'll not be a pastor. <laughs> Never. And that's part of the reason why. <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't go for theology. But interesting enough, you know, you live and you learn. And I'm like, man, I really missed out. But nonetheless, I I thank God for my discipline. But you know, pray for me to get a ton of money because I will uh, definitely have my early, my retirement plan will be going back to college to go and uh, get a THD, not to even teach it, just for the sake of. Uh, um, enjoying the scriptures but in with that i said it's going to be short but i ended up having a long-winded response i'm going to be back on my uh, on mute so i won't be able to engage much but definitely thank you for the chance to talk well ot i hope you get a lot of money so you can do as you say and steph I, I see you say you you could be baptized in a bathtub but you want a place to return to presumably you'd return to the bathroom bathtub every day you dirty yes, thing that's uh, what most of us called shower <laughs> i realized i, I think that it's when pretty I here all it. week yeah i gotta give uh mad props to to Odie. anybody who can do math for a living uh certainly gets uh certainly gets a lot of praise from me um but i think you're you know and, and <laughs> take this you know take this as the joke it's intended to be but you know the the filthy godless heathen in me says you know you're an accountant you want to retire early just get creative where you place those commas friend um <laughs> and uh, can. Uh, yeah and uh, and you can you can retire tomorrow um, but uh, no, it, it, uh, but I, I would contest a little bit and I know you said you can't speak now, but I would, I would contest a little bit that, um, that theology is the basis for all that stuff. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't believe it's the foundation. Well, I think you would believe it's the foundation. Um, certainly isn't the case uh, from my perspective for, uh, for, for my field, but yeah, but I, but I, I certainly understand and appreciate what you a lot of it came from Thomas Aquinas, and a lot of it came from later theologians. So I think that uh, some of that history may have been obscured by the secular and atheist and humanists in the field currently. But if you go back to the history of, certainly the history of philosophy, um, where most of where psychology comes from is from some philosophy. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know, Michael. From a from a from a mod, I I think I think from a historical perspective, 
you you might have some teeth there, but from a practical perspective. Oh yeah, it has nothing to do with it anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's not my claim. Yeah, no, and 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 I and I think from I mean from a practical from an application perspective, right? Like I mean, you 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 might be able to argue, and I'm I I'm not a philosopher at all, but you might be able to argue that you know that you can you know tie philosophy to everything too, right? Um, but um. Like, I don't use uh, philosophy in anything I do on a daily basis from a professional perspective. It's all, you know, therapeutic mod modalities based on science. And then people argue, well, the philosophy of science. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, it, I, I get it. But, um, you know, maybe that's for someone who has the, the PhD uh, and not just the, the, the lowly degree that I have. You know, I'm going to have to run, but I just noticed, Baptize, have we uncovered something new about you? You say that Steph says that she got hit by a bus when she was seven, should still be saved, but you talk about you have to become an adult to become a child. Are you saying children can't be saved, Baptize? Is that what I'm hearing, you demon? No, they just have to cry. They just have to cry. I, I, he says you got to become a child, and if you're already a child, you can't become a child. You are a child. So, Patrick, have we learned one more reason why, you know, you're a heretic? You know what's funny is I actually kind of agree. Like, I think we all agree that there's, like, an age of understanding, right? Like, a three-year-old could repeat a salvation prayer after you and not have any concept, even though they said all the words. Like, you know, we all understand this, that there's no magic occurring in the words. It's the comprehension. So I kind of get that, but I don't know if I but would use the word But does that mean kids adult. go to hell? Right, yeah. Like, uh, like uh, if an eight-year-old understands it, like, I I grew a lot in faith, but I understood my I need for salvation at seven. Yeah, what I'm saying is children are already protected by Jesus, but Jesus said we must change and become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. Not a clear Oh, what I'm saying is children are already protected by Jesus. Okay, so just plain heresy not anything new yeah no i think i think what steph said is, uh is uh is right on the ball there because i mean if you're if you're talking about becoming a child i mean like you know c cognition is uh is a is a is a spectrum right and i mean i know lots of adults i well sorry i should put it in reverse order i know i know many people who are legally children that are a lot smarter than some adults i know <laughs> Hey, Devante, before we go, I noticed you uh, you were here earlier. Um, we didn't get to you in time. Did you have anything you wanted to say? Um, no, nah, I was just listening. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I was just listening. I'm interested in the topic. He also hey, has hey, many degrees. Look at that. Would, uh, where would uh, Jack Angstrike fit into some of the Chris, I can't take you seriously with uh, Stacy PTR. I just, I can't. Oh, wait, did get, you guys? Oh, I haven't got, I haven't, I haven't saw it yet. Hang on. Oh. What mean, Chris, what do you mean fit in? Where, like, what, where, where, like, I know you can't diagnose somebody over the internet. That's ridiculous. I would never ask you to do that professionally. But in your, in your opinion, are there comorbidities that are at work with somebody like an angstrike? Oh. The comorbidities, that's a word that gives me the shivers. I like that word. Um uh I, I don't I haven't spent enough time talking with him 
so I'm so full disclosure. I'm not a fan. Um, I've I've I think he's a very smart dude, but I've heard some of the interactions that he's had with people, and he's he has been he has been as big uh, a jerk to some people as our friend Ding Dong. And I, I, I don't care what side of the fence you, you fall on. If you're a good person, you're a good person. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. And so I don't, I don't, you know, I've, I've, I think I have actually only ever spoken with him one time. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm not a fan. So I haven't invested a lot of time in it. That's a fair answer. Well, everyone, my time has come. Uh, so I must run. I'm ready for the bean. Hit me with the bean. <laughs> I think the, I think we should do I think we should do a, a day where we just everybody just gives Michael the green bean and we all just do Michael's bidding. That'd be a good day. No, no, no! Don't don't do my bidding. That no, no! Don't do my bidding. I mean, that could be a good title for a podcast. Nate is like ask a Christian run by a, a, a sensible and compassionate atheist, but you'll get some flack for it. But that could be. Oh, I always suggest Michael. Like, if people like want to have these debates with people i'm like i know the perfect guy who doesn't have a dog in a fight who would be perfectly fair to each side uh, so you know even if he's friends with somebody like me you know i was like if i'm going to debate somebody the only moderator i would want would be Michael. except then like it would be no fault of his own but like if you have two christians that already need a moderator that's already a bad sign it means they can't you know be reasonable to each other which is why they need a moderator in the first place so then if you have a non-christian moderator or really any moderator like no one's immune like whoever christian doesn't like being moderated it's just gonna be like oh that's because you're biased or in michael's case that's because you're a servant of satan anyway and you know you're taking the other guy's side because the devil's planted seeds even if you don't believe in it like i could just see that yeah and it's interesting though but one of the things that i found is that and it's funny like i think what you said um nate has a lot of has a lot of merit right that you know if you have these two people who at the core right believe god is real then they should be able to get on just fine and have a civil conversation. Um, that uh, this app is a glaring example of how that is not the case. Um, I mean, you can, and and I've said this before, but if you put you can put two Christians in a room, and if you ask them enough questions, you'll find out that they don't they don't believe in the same God, right? Like you know, like and, and that that's that's overly simplistic. But that there are so many fundamental disagreements, right? And and I'm talking about like soteriology and eschatology, right? That it, that that someone from the outside, like if if you took two Christians that had diametrically opposed um, ver, uh, views on soteriology and eschatology, and you put someone from a desert island who had no idea what religion was, and sat them down and and sat this person in between to to listen to both sides talk about these these different views, the the person in the middle would be like. These people don't. They're like these people don't even believe in the same thing. But then, if um, you had that very same person and they had the wherewithal to ask, you'd be like, guys, uh, how you know? It sounds like you follow different gods. Like, how come you guys can't even agree? Like, you don't even agree on the same god? And then they'll be like, oh no, we're what we're talking about has nothing to do with that. No, no. And they'd be like, well, so what's the same? What's the god you believe in? And there's a good chance both of them are gonna you know quote the very fundamentals and be like, yeah, this is so easy to agree on. We don't spend a lot of time on it because most people get it. 
Um, there are some who manage to mess it up, but most people get the easy stuff. That's why we spend all of our time sounding like we're having holy crusades against each other because the easy stuff is done. Now we're off on non-salvation issues. Right. Yeah. But if you take someone who like, and, and again, um, low hanging fruit, but Jehovah's witnesses, right? I have heard Jehovah's witnesses say that they believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like I've heard you say, Nate. Um, and yet, you know, and yet. You know, Jehovah's like I mean Jehovah's Witnesses is a cult made up whole cloth by Charles Taz Russell and James Rutherford, uh, like just full stop. Um, but you know the you know so they but they don't they don't believe in the same things like they're they're annihilationists right there is no there's there's nothing to be quoted there's no hellfire to be saved from. Well, yeah, hell wouldn't matter though. So two things: one, yeah, low hanging fruit. You, 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 you have managed to pick one of the few examples of people that do manage to mess it up. And like when we talked about, remember before a few months ago, Romans ten nine and ten, how you're saying, well, they would agree with this. And I'm like, yeah, they would agree with it, but there's an understanding. Like you know, words have meaning. So it says, if you believe God, which God, the one they identify, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, raised Jesus, which Jesus, the one in the Bible, not the one in their extra biblical books. Uh, that's you know like. Michael, the archangel, or the brother of Satan. So they managed to mess up one of the very simple things. So even though their claim is they believe it, you have honed in on one of the very few examples of people who managed to mess it up because they are, they're not talking about the Jesus in the Bible. They're talking about the Jesus in their Bible that they've also contorted into their extra biblical you know, book, um, which the Bible says don't do. <laughs> but um, what was the last thing you want to say? I really have to go, but I wanted to answer the very last thing. Um, um, I'm... I'm do you remember, Michael? What was one of the very last things you said? No, I, I never pay attention to anything you said. All right, go with peace. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for being here. We'll see you all Bye. later. Oh, I'll, be, I'll be back tomorrow. Huh? You got me all day. All right, all right, we're ready. Take care, guys.